Welcome to the Onlineification Pod, a weekly podcast about online and digital, created by Zuma. I'm Doug, your host for today, and in this episode, I was joined by Daniel Falk. He's our in-house SEO expert here at Zuma. He's been on a couple of episodes already, so you might recognize him. In those episodes, we spoke about kind of the basics of SEO and some stuff about SEO strategy. Today, we focused on international SEO. Now, if you don't know what that is, it's the process, basically, of optimizing your content and optimizing your site to be found through search in other countries or in other languages. So a really relevant topic if you're a big B2B company, for example, who has a presence in lots of countries around Europe or around the world and wants to make sure that you can get found in them just as well as you can in your home country, basically. I think it turned into a really interesting episode. Um, Daniel was a fantastic guest, uh, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed recording it. So without further ado, let's get started. Hi, Daniel. Hi. Welcome back to the Onlineification pod. How are you doing? Thank you. Um, fine, thanks. Uh, well, you're back, and obviously, since you're the guest today, it's going to be more SEO talk, uh, That's since correct. you're Zuma's resident SEO guy. Um, we've had a, You've been on a couple of episodes before. There was one uh, we spoke about um, just kind of the, the basics of SEO, I think, and, uh, yeah. and then we got a little bit more specialized and talked about kind of content and, you know, whether you can have too much SEO content and stuff yeah, like that exactly. um today i thought this would be even more specific and we'd talk about international seo um yeah and this was a topic i kind of saw because other you know shamelessly copied from from other people i saw hubspot <laughs> was writing an article about it and you know as i've seen the term pop up in, in a few places online mm. um and it's definitely interesting for us and probably a lot of our customers as well since since yeah, uh, exactly. you know they're active in in lots of different countries. But... Yeah, it's a very common question actually on on how to handle the um, international SEO because we yeah. are also working with uh, uh, with customers um, uh, working towards different markets, and and uh, it's it's uh, it's a very uh, like uh, interesting question on on how to handle it. So, what is international SEO then? If we just start there, basically. Uh, yeah, it, it's in general, it, or, or uh, basically, it's about uh, acquiring traffic uh, from uh, markets other than your your home markets, and and uh, doing that by yeah, uh, having good positions, uh, rankings on on the local versions of Google. So, for example, if we want to uh, be visible in in Germany, uh, we want to show up on uh, Google.de, for example. To do that, you need to optimize your website. And uh, according to uh, yeah, or or have it in German, and and then uh, there are some other things that you need to uh, address uh, that we will talk about today. So um, yeah, it's in general about uh, acquiring uh, organic search traffic from uh, different languages and different countries. Mm, yeah, and I was thinking, uh, you know, just all the all the changes that have happened in how Google ranks search results in the last. Yeah, not even a few years, but probably much longer than that. Because um, formerly it used to be just a lot of uh, based on keywords, really, on the page. Whereas now, you know, you get results that are based on your location and what language you're browsing in and your 
past behavior and stuff. And I would guess that's made it harder for maybe like a company in Sweden then to reach, um, you know, someone who's Googling in Germany mm. or England or wherever. Yeah, yeah, it, it has probably uh, became harder. Uh, I say probably because we are talking about Google and you never know exactly. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I would say, yeah, it is harder because Google uh, are always improving their search uh, results and uh, they're trying to kind of keep uh, the uh, website faking things <laughs> or uh, out and, and then they uh, to, to do that, they need to look at more signals to really understand which country this website is focusing towards. So um, yeah, uh, definitely. And uh, <clears throat> I I, uh, I think that um, previously they looked at like basic signals, like do you have a local domain or, or a, a, a domain connected to that country, for example. Uh, but today um, I think they are also looking at um, signals that are harder to face, like looking at uh, phone numbers. Do you have a local or, or kind of phone number connected to that country? Uh, do you have an office uh, with an, an address in that country? Do you have uh, links from websites that are uh, located in that country, etc.? So um, yeah, these are some signals that I think they are using. Uh, but um, uh, also uh, Google has really the last years improved their like language comprehension. So uh, they, they are better an, at understanding uh, like the small differences in the languages uh, and, and they, they use that to, to understand quality, like how how good is the quality of this local uh, content because they, they are now better at understanding that because of machine learning and AI and everything that they uh, use. So uh, yeah, in, in a sense, I think it's been harder now to um, uh, just put up a content that is translated uh, just from English content without a, a review of local or native mm. people. So um, yeah, you, you really need to, <laughs> to do your job on, on that to be able to, to uh, like to compete today. Mm. And I was going to ask that uh, with that in mind, you know, what do you think is the best way that a company can, can uh, you know, work with international SEO? Because like you said, I think certainly a lot of B2B companies, the case is that this kind of master English content that's made, you know, at the head office, um, and then that's sent out to be translated by marketers. Maybe if there's, you know, subsidiaries in different countries, um, which often, you know, works all right. But certainly from an SEO perspective, they might not have uh, the same amount of knowledge about SEO or, or even no. the the terms that are important in their industry in their country. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So actually, I, I would um, start with saying that, um, yeah, uh, think about the user first when you're kind of uh, making this uh, local version of your website, because uh, the uh, there are always um, uh, differences in in uh, in the language that you need to to address, and um, uh, I, I saw some uh, research on on um, that. A large um, uh, proportion of people want uh, buy a product uh, if it's not pre presented in their local language uh, on the website. So, and and it's not as we said, uh, you, you don't um, you should not just translate the content. Uh, um, uh, you need to localize it as well to, because it's quite easy for someone to spot these. Uh, like if you are using auto translated content or if you um, just use a uh, translation agency without 
and the, the local uh, knowledge, uh, the, the language or will not be exactly um, local. So, so therefore, I think it's very important to involve uh, native-speaking people in that process, uh, and and um, uh, they they need to be involved uh, from the start. Um, in, in the better word, they they need to be involved when uh, kind of deciding um, the topics. Sometimes, if you if you are able to start at that level, uh, they should be involved in the keyword research um, because looking at your uh, international content. Uh, they can probably uh, find keywords that are uh, related to that specific content uh, and, and used in their language. And that, that information should then be used by the translator uh, or the translation agency uh, so, so that they really involve these local ways of um, yeah, saying things. Mm. I think that's quite important. And uh, I was even thinking you could go one step further. And I mean, even if you know, you have your English content and you have a really, really good, you know, local translator who knows a lot about search, but also about the industry and stuff. Maybe even better than that would be to, you know, have different content for the different countries. Like it's not always the case that just an AB um, direct translation of the content, even if it's really good, is enough, really, because in that different market, there might be a totally different yeah. environment, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, that's definitely something that we see with some clients that um, a topic uh, that works well uh, in, in English, for example, uh, that it's not always easy to just uh, take that content and, and uh, expect the same results on a local market because uh, the, the topic could uh, be less searched for or there are really no good keywords to find for it. So yeah, if, if, you, if you have the possibility uh, to uh, do that kind of, or, or have that kind of process where you uh, create the content more based on the local market. That's the optimal way of doing it. Because then you will base it on the search volumes and the demand that is at that market. So uh, yeah, but, but uh, of course that needs some more resources and uh, uh, et cetera. So yeah, it's harder to do. Mm. It reminds me a little bit of when Amazon launched in Sweden and they got loads of headlines on the mm -hmm. first day because they just machine translated everything. Mm. And yeah. just some completely insane translations that, you know, if you were going to search for those products, you would never ever find in a million years. No, no, exactly. Yeah, that was definitely not reviewed by a local no. person. So. <laughs> there was one in particular, it was the video game um, called Need for Speed Payback, like a driving game. And on Amazon Sweden, um, the name of the game was Behövdu Hastighet Återbetalning. Yeah. <laughs> Which, if you don't speak yeah. Swedish, you'll have to take our word for it. That it's very funny. Um, no, exactly. And you will uh, lose all the traffic for people searching for need for speed. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. So we spoke a bit about content now and, and what you actually have on the page. But I think the technical side of thing is quite interesting too um and it's not something i know a lot about really um i've looked around and it seems like domains can be quite important in seo internationally like you know uh like for our own site even um now it's our, our non-english sites aren't super you know seo optimized but like the german site for example is zuma.agency slash de before we mm. changed the url it was zuma.se slash de 
instead of yeah, yeah, Zoom exactly. at Is that kind of thing something you need to think mm. about? Yeah, yeah, it, it affects. And, and, and as I said uh, previously, it's one of these signals that Google is using to uh, you know, decide how local your website is. So uh, there are some theories on, on like um, the different ways of structuring your website. And uh, I would say that most uh, SEO people are agree that having a a, a local domain uh, connected to that language is the best or, or the strongest signal uh, because there are some more efforts involved in, in kind of having a local domain you need for some some um, uh, countries you need to have a, a company present in that country to have this domain um, but it's also um, yeah you need to pay for an extra domain etc so uh, yeah and that's why Google sees that as a stronger signal um and uh, so, so therefore uh, that is probably the, the like the preferred uh, way if you if you are serious about your local SEO uh, then the next best thing uh, is probably uh, having a uh, separate um, subfolder or um yeah, subsection of the website so for in, in our example uh, i think that's how we are structured today uh, like zuma.agency/de is the uh, german uh, content and then it's important that under that uh, part of the website, it's only the German content present, so uh, it's not mixed up. Um, and then you, uh, another way of structuring it that's quite common is to have subdomains for that content. So in our case or in our example, that would be de.zuma.agency and that subdomain uh, holds all the German content. Um, it, that could be a, a little less strong signal um, because when you are uh, having a subdomain, uh, the, the website is kind of disconnected a bit more from the main domain. Uh, it's more seen as, a, as, its, as its own entity. Uh, so um, I would say that if you can't uh, get an uh, like country connected domain like DE, um, the, the one with the subfolder uh, for the content would be uh, a good solution. And, and, but sometimes there are like uh, you need to go with the subdomain uh, thing uh, because uh, uh, that is easier to maintain. For example, you can have a different uh, server connected to a, the subdomain um, in an easier way than, than uh, with a subfolder. So sometimes you are forced into having that sort of solution. But um, yeah, if I would rank them, that, that's, uh, that's how I do. Um, and, and then, of course, there are other tech, technical things that, uh, that um, it can give you a um, yeah i was gonna ask about uh, that um because just based on that we've ourselves have been doing some kind of experiments about um schema and markup and stuff people can google that if they have any questions but you know like trying to kind of add code you know in the background of like our articles for example to make it easier mm. for google to understand that this is an article and it is about this and this is the author you know Kind of structuring the the data on the page in that mm. way is is there something similar for language maybe or uh yeah um, google may use that information uh for uh, when they are deciding uh, but if you look at google's uh, documentation on on international seo they are they say that they are um actually not using any tags in the background to decide the language of a, of a website they are using or analyzing the content that the user sees uh, that, that's their standpoint at the moment, uh, but there is a lot of things happening in the this uh, uh, markup thing. So, uh, and also as it's Google, we never know for sure. But 
I mean, uh, it's quite easy to set up a schema markup with it for the articles, etc. So uh, I think you definitely should do it, um, um, but not only for the local uh, SEO. Uh, but there are other things that are important, like if you have a um, if you have the possibility, a local IP uh, connected to that market could be a signal. Um, and uh, also, uh, of course, uh, linking to local content, uh, showing that you are kind of you are in that market, and you link to sources that are uh, uh, in that language, etc. That's also signal probably used. And and a very important signal is, is probably uh, inbound links to your website from other websites on in that language or in that market. Uh, that's also very that that's quite hard to um, to acquire these links. So you you need to have like um, focus on on link local link building in that case. So therefore, I, I think that's a quite strong signal when when uh, when Google decides, uh, uh, yeah, your your kind of trust, etc. So, uh, so so that's important. But um, and also worth mention is that uh, Google has introduced a couple of uh, tags that you can use in your content. Uh, some CMSs are already supporting it. I think uh, HubSpot, for example. Uh, and they, they have a tag called uh, hreflang, um, and that's used to tell Google, um, for example, if you have an international website with English content, you can tell Google with this tag that um, here is the Swedish version of this content located, and here's the German content located. And uh, uh, Google used that information to kind of find uh, or, or kind of structure the content so, so that they uh yeah so they really can use it to understand the structure of your website and your you know the structure in, in, in the language that you're using and and, and uh, that one is also uh, important because if you have uh, uh, english content and then you may have uh, or or you may focus on uh, uh, the australian market uh, then there could be uh, issues with duplicate content because they are so similar like uh, British English and, and uh, Australian English, for example, or but then you can use this tag to tell Google that um, this is the Australian content or version of this content, and this is the uh, American version, and this is the uh, yeah British version. So and and then you uh, uh, Google understands that uh, you are not trying to uh, kind of um, create content that is duplicated because uh, yeah it's really focusing on towards different markets. Uh, so therefore, it's important to use that uh, that tag, and and there is also uh, except that tag, you can also do uh, a similar thing in your sitemap where you, uh, the XML sitemap Google can uh, read, uh, and there you can also specify uh, which market this content belongs to uh, to make mm. it easy for Google. Sure. Well, that's good. I and I mean, I guess that would even be good for for companies. It doesn't even have to be you know UK and Australia. It could be. Maybe not big B two B companies, but I see a lot of companies mm. that have you know uh, um, ten European sites for different countries, but they're all in English, mm. basically. Mm. Yeah, that yeah, seems exactly. Like that, you that's would really have that's issues mm. with um, duplicate content and stuff if you didn't mm. classify. Yeah, in the right and then way. it's very important to to use this uh, tag to not be kind of penalized for for having duplicated content. Um, so so yeah, that's important. I was um, thinking. Um, Again, this is also technical, but kind of like experience, um, which is, of course, related to SEO as well. But um, I was wondering about redirects, because that's something you come across quite a lot, especially if you, um, you're you like, you know, Googling in English, you find a result um, 
end up on a US site and then either you get like redirected to the European site or um, you get some kind of pop-up or, you know, something happens because you're not in the right country for that site and it can be mm. a bit no, you know, jarring yeah. as a user. Um, mm. Do you know? Is yeah, the, the website could, uh, for example, use your uh, the browser language to try to understand uh, which content you, you may be interested in. Uh, that that kind that uh, that kind of redirect could hurt your uh, SEO ranking if um, uh, so. So, I would recommend actually also from a user perspective that um, uh, if you uh, identify a Swedish user on your English uh, or global website, for example, uh, don't redirect them uh, automatically, uh, but instead uh, show a pop up or uh, a non intrusive uh, bar or something at the top. Uh, informing them that um, oh it looks like you're from Sweden you want to visit our the Swedish part of our website instead um, then you that's uh, better for Google but it's also a better user experience because maybe I want to browse the website in, in English uh, so uh, yeah I would say that that's that's a good way of, of uh, handling okay. and finally I was going to ask um, if there's any tools you could recommend maybe for you know, like a um, kind of marketing person, a, a head office who, you know, wants some kind of tools that would help them get better SEO in, in their different countries. Because we've come up against that problem before when we've written Swedish content or something. A lot of the tools that you can find are really focused on the English language and it can be difficult to, f mm. you know, find the, the yeah, yeah, it, you it, want to um... find in Swedish, for example. Mm. Yeah, it definitely is. It's always a challenge on... Uh, because um, uh, a lot of uh, uh, SEO and is done in, in English, and uh, a lot of the tools developed are uh, are, are uh, developed for the English market. So um, yeah, that that's always a, a problem. But um, important, of course, is checking the search volume uh, uh, for the keyword that you think are uh, interesting, but also. Um, of course, use some tools to, to get these uh, uh, suggestions on keywords. And that, uh, depending on like the vol search volumes, uh, these tools could be <laughs> more or less useful. Um, I, I'm using, for example, a, a range of tools uh, to, to try to cover all the needs uh, that we have. Um, there are tools like uh, SEMrush, for example. Uh, they, they, that is an, an international tool. They have um, uh, the possibility to find content or get keyword suggestion in a lot of different languages. Uh, so, and, and um, but often um, they are not. Um, they, they don't cover uh, smaller languages as well as uh, English, for example. So that that is of course an issue, and you, you you don't always get the same number of suggestions from that kind of tool. And therefore, I think it's important to um, use, um, for example, Google, um, uh, like ask the source directly. Uh, they have their uh, suggestion functionality where you start to write the keyword and then you get some suggestions on related searches uh, or uh, what people uh, are searching for related to the, the initial keyword. Um, they often uh, produce results for uh, local language, of course. So, so there are some uh, tools that can do that do that uh, automatically for you. Um, so um, you can just Google for uh, uh, Google uh, suggestion scraper or 
to suggest in a CO tool or something. Uh, because um, then you can use, kind of set that tool to the local language, and uh, then you can have uh, to use it effectively. You need to have some kind of starting list of keywords, which you probably can put together uh, yourself with with the help from some uh, local people, and um, then you can kind of extend the list using these tools. Um, and then uh, some of these tools shows the search volumes directly for the keywords that you are uh, given. Uh, but you can also use um, uh, the Google Keyword Planner if you have access to a Google uh, Ads account. Uh, there you can just enter the keywords and get the search volumes for, for that market. Uh, and um, also, uh, yeah, Google Search Console, uh, we should mention that as well, because that, uh, I mean, if you have a, a um, a website already live, uh, in, focusing on that market, you, you probably have a lot of valuable information in Google Search Console to extract as well, uh, if you want to kind of build or optimize uh, your content. Uh, um, because there you have, uh, there you can find the keywords that people today are uh, yeah, finding your website on Google uh, for. So, uh, so yeah, that, that's also a very important tool, but uh, to get some data there, you, you need to have a website online already, um, and, and uh, that you're at least ranking somewhere between uh, position one and one hundred to get some data from it. Um, but that could be very useful if you if you don't have a good position today. Maybe you're ranking at position fifty to one hundred or something. You still get data from that tool, and that can be very valuable when you're extending your uh, kind of building more content. Uh, and, and also important to mention that if you want to follow up uh, your your efforts, um, you need um, you, you can check of course the search console for which positions you have etc. But there are also tools that you can use to check your rankings. And in these tools, you can uh, specify which market, of course, or which version of Google you want to check. And and you can also actually uh, decide if you want to check um, some uh, geographical position specifically if you're that could be valuable if you're focusing on a market where they speak different languages in different parts of the country. Um, so, so then you can decide, uh, I want to check uh, for, yeah, in this specific town, like how many, or, or how am I ranking there? So um, uh, yeah, having that kind of tool to check your ranking, there, there are multiple of tools. Maybe that's something that we can cover in an upcoming episode, but uh, um, yeah, you, you need to find someone that you feel that that uh, works for you, but most of them are supporting, uh, like uh, checking local uh, rankings, uh, and and um, so that's I think that's uh, important to, to follow that your efforts are uh, really paying off, uh, that you're starting to receive better rankings. Uh, it's important to to know that, and and then you can use these tools for that. Mm. Great, good. Well, thanks for uh, joining again today, Daniel. That was interesting to speak a bit more about this it sounds like it's a bit of a minefield but it's uh, an interesting challenge if you're a, if you are a company that has lots of different countries to take care of yeah yeah exactly definitely and and yeah you can always uh, pay a lot of money for paid search traffic and that's easy to target a specific country for for that but uh, i mean this is a uh, international seo with a long term project usually um so but but when you succeed you yeah you will receive a, a lot of uh, relevant and um, yeah free traffic uh from from that country so yeah it's important 
Nice. Well, thanks again, Daniel. And uh, yeah, we'll have you back on fairly soon, I'm sure. Yeah, looking forward to that. <laughs>